ironoverload.io presents Iron Overload No Bullshit Podcast with your co-host Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the UG info like you've never heard before. No bullshit, no lies, straight hardcore truth. A bodybuilding podcast like you never heard before. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. Ironoverload.io Hardcore, episode 15. Steve here and uh, Mobster joining me. What's up, buddy? We have another one on your way. I, for me, it's one of those cycles I see lots of people doing, but as Steve and I have just said in a pre-show, we're going to discuss whether it's the best, whether it's ideal, and of course, how to get the best out of it, as always. Back to you, Steve. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. Today, we're going to talk about Diana Boldebo, stacked with Winstrol, Winnie. And, um, you know, right off the bat, you know, um, you know, Mobster pointed this on the pre-show. This is an interesting stack because D-Ball is a wet compound. Winstrol is not just a dry compound, but it will dry you out on top of it. So yes. it's one of those compounds you take and you really dry dry out big time. So nobody takes D-Ball who doesn't have existing uh, joint issues. And they're like, oh, yeah, D-Ball dried out my joints. D-Ball made my joints worse. But Winstrol is one of those you take. And the opposite is true. It will dry your joints. It will cause some issues with your joints. So this is one of the classic yin and yang stacks where you're stacking two polar opposites. And a lot of people like to do that when they're stacking steroids. Some people like to stack two similar things together. And two people sometimes people like to stack the complete opposites and get the best of both worlds. So, you know, in this one, we're going to kind of talk about the advantages and disadvantages. But first, you know, why? Why do D-ball? Why do Winstrol? Why not just do testosterone on Winstrol? So a lot of people yeah. don't want to run testosterone on Winstrol. They don't want to inject. So D-ball, like testosterone, is a wet compound. It does aromatize into estrogen. It does cause water retention. So a lot of people will rather just avoid injectables. So let's say you like testosterone and Winstrol and you don't want to do an injectable this time. You want to keep the cycle shorter. The Dianabol has got a very short ester. So you could run this stack five, six weeks max and get results. Running testosterone, a long ester testosterone, five, six weeks max may not be uh, worth it at all because it takes five, six weeks for the testosterone to even reach peak in the system. Unless you're using testosterone propanate, which would take about a week and a half, maybe two weeks at the most to reach peak in the system. So again, but if you're using testosterone propanate, now the situation has become worse because now you're having to inject daily or every other day. So with D-ball, no injections, with Winstrol, no injections. So that's one of the advantages of going this route over tests and Winstrol. Mobster, what are some of the advantages, disadvantages you see Versus running tests in Winstrol. Well, I agree hundred percent with you, Steve. In terms of the injections, um, as you, as you know, I'm not a big fan of jabbing myself, and the less I have to, the better. But obviously, one of the things that you and I talked about in the pre-show is I said that I've always been one of those guys, and I've said this on the forum. I, I plan what I'm going to do. I say, you know, what's the best thing I can do, and especially if it's just an oral cycle, what's the best thing I can do for shrimp. What's the best thing I could do for size? What's the best thing I could do to cut, to get into shape and whatever else? So it, it's, it's, it's one of those situations, and I said this to you off air, 
I suspect sometimes this is the combination of yin and yang that you just mentioned. I also suspect it's one of those, um, sometimes a question of availability, in which case, guys, as you always know, we're going to talk about uh, using sources to get exactly the right job, the right combination for you. There is also going to be a personal preference thing here, Steve. And I think sometimes with the guys, they're going to say, you know, um, you could even, you could, I mean, there's loads of ways that we can run this, which we'll get into obviously shortly. You could even do, you know, a four-week D-bolt and a four-week windstroll, you know, bulk up and then cut. Again, any any combination of drugs that we're going to talk about, guys, is always going to come down to the training and the diet in combination with the drugs. So for, and I actually said this to Steve as well, if windstroll dries you out, and we know that it does, and especially as we'll get into the side effects with regards to dry joints, I actually said to Steve off there, I said, this is one of the few times that maybe running D-Bar would actually have an advantage in that it would actually hold that water around the joint and soften some of that pain and discomfort. And of course, Steve, with any of this stuff, you can also look at dosages being manipulated. It isn't just straightforward, I'm going to do this amount of this and this amount of that. You could actually run a little bit of D-Bar for that water retention I just talked about, and then a little bit more windstroll to get drier. So is, there's a certain, I won't, I, I, think the, I think I used the phrase online once, Steve, there's not magic in these things, but there should be some small degree of science and it should make logical sense. So for something like this, I could see me, if I used it, instead of, for example, gaining perhaps just on the D bowl cycle 10 pounds, of which a good deal, as you would know, Steve, would be water, I could see me doing something like five or six pounds on this cycle. And without too much water, a little bit less moon face than normal. And of course, that's in combination with something like an AI, Novodex, whatever, to reduce that water as well. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting cycle for me. It really is. Um, for me, with my aims right now, I wouldn't do it. But I can understand that a lot of listeners looking to get into shape, and especially if their diet and training is on point, this could have something for them. Now, you've actually said that you've run something like this. How did it feel when you were using it? So the interesting thing about running these two together, if you run them at a good dose, um, not good as in a high dose, but if you get them at a good, a good dose, you won't you'll get just like a little bit of water retention because the wind stroll is kind of gonna is is gonna act as your AI in this. It's gonna dry you out. It's gonna act as your AI. So structurally, you're running basically. Uh, it's like basically having a pool and you're you've got a hose running into the pool right that's spitting out a bunch of water and then you got a vacuum on the other end that's taking out some water so that's kind of like that's kind of like what's happening here so water's going in the pool and water's coming out the pool at almost the same rate to where you don't need an ai here because they kind of offset each other so i liked it i, I liked it um i still enjoyed some hardening on 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 this on this stack it was a very very good stack what to me gets annoying, and we talked about this in the first segment, Mobster, is the opposite yeah. of what you were saying. To me, taking orals once a day, twice a day for five, six weeks, that to me is more annoying than injecting. I'd rather inject once or twice a week, spend five minutes injecting once or twice a week than have to remember to take my orals twice a day. It's annoying. So it works both ways on that. So don't think, oh, yeah, I'm going to do an oral cycle. It's going to yeah, be let... easy. It's going to be no problem. To me, it wasn't easy. Yeah. It was a pain in the ass to uh, to to stack an oral like this. And, um, you know, you've got to kind of remember to take them. You might miss a dose or you might forget, hey, did I take a dose today? Did I not? Yesterday, did I take a dose in the morning? I can't really remember. So 
you know, it kind of boils down to, you know, it's much easier just to mark on your calendar once a week. Yeah, I got to inject this day. This way you won't forget. You're not going to forget an injection, but taking, you're taking all your supplements and then you're taking these. It's easy to forget. Did I take my supplement at five this morning or did I take the steroids this morning? So you have to kind of organize it as well. And you kind of have to make sure that you're taking it. So that that's kind of disadvantage and advantage too that we talked about earlier. But yeah, let me jump back in here again for a second, yesterday. So again, agreeing. <laughs> There's no no argument there whatsoever. Um, not personally an issue for me in terms of forgetting or not forgetting that I have my pills laid out and there they are when I take them. So it's not a problem for me. But yes, guys, if you're working in an office, if you're working in an environment where you know you should be taking three of these pills a day, and you're in a sort of situation where you know stopping for a moment just to pop a pill into your mouth. Offer through the working day in a meeting, you know, on 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 a site somewhere, whatever. It's going to be kind of a weird situation for you. The flip side of that, I'm actually also getting to with oils, of course, Steve. As you know, there's a certain degree of toxicity uh, on the liver because, of course, of the processing by the body in order for the oils to be absorbed. The flip side of that, again, we've seen on the forums from time to time, and I completely understand this. And this is especially true, guys, if it's the first time you've ever pinned testosterone or whatever the first time you give yourself an injection i've been around buddy a specific buddy that had a, a, a medical related form of diabetes he was on a bunch of medication for the medical condition and the diabetes was caused by the medication it was on and he was very easy very casual freaking me out sticking insulin into himself no problem whatsoever it was unlike what the fuck we've seen guys on the forum literally have anxiety attacks i'm kind of get nervous and fainty and, and and nausea and all that kind of stuff steve as you might remember just from giving himself an injection and they're on there asking is this normal or whatever else and it's literally just doing something you've never done for the first time with that association with needles with the association with drugs and people get a little bit freaky on that again this is quite normal the first time it gets easier to go along but some people suffer with that long term some people just really really struggle now if you're fortunate it's someone else to do it. I've done it for people, and it's an absolute piece of piss when I do it for other people. It's actually a bit of a struggle for me. I get used to it. I do it, but it's a struggle for me. So I can see the advantages and disadvantages of both sides. Guys, personal preference, issues for yourself, and if you're prepared, dealing with the potential side effects, it comes down to you. Uh, we can only recommend, we can only say advise, and then obviously at some point you make the decision as to what you do. There are always going to be advantages and disadvantages. Stay back to you. Just get into a little bit of a history about Dynable. We haven't talked about that. Um, and, you know, Dr. Zegler, first distributor of Devil to the U.S. Olympic athletes, he wanted to kind of uh, get them more on par with the Russian um, Olympic athletes. Um, yep. The Russians were doping. The Russians had a doping program going on. And he wanted to hook up his own athletes. Now, back in these days, you know, we're talking about the 60s here. What was the problem in the 60s was, you know, doping and using um, injectables and having needles around. Very, very taboo. Very, very taboo, especially in, in the 50s and 60s. So any opportunity to get his athletes something they could just take as a pill would make a hell of a lot more sense. And then telling them, hey, you know, you're going to inject this substance into your body. So I think I think that's a big, big deal. And that kind of was why 
Debo became so popular. 70s, uh, we know that the Olympians, uh, not the that the not these types of Olympians, but the Olympians for bodybuilding and the bodybuilding competitors were heavy into Debo. Debo was their favorite compound. And even to this day, Mobster, Debo remains the number one most popular yeah. oral yeah. steroid. Yeah. So it's any still steroid. to this day. Any, it's, any. It's cheap. It was yep. top 10 of both orals and injectables. Yep. It was the, it's the start of so many of us. Yep. And I know you like it. Um, oh, yeah. I personally, uh, I'm not a fan of it, but it doesn't fit any of my goals at this yeah. time for sure. But even back in the day, I didn't like it because I don't like that watery look. I don't like that smooth look. So for me, it didn't really help me. Even when I was strength training, I didn't like to strength train and feel bloated and get the moon face and all that stuff. So I'm, it's not for me, but a lot of people love it and it fits what they're looking for a lot. So really Debo the past 70 years, probably the most used steroid of all time. And um, if you haven't used it yet, definitely use it. And one of the other things that Debo does that no other steroid does that I've used monster is mood it enhances your mood it will yeah. actually make you a happier person. And it's not one of those steroids you take and you kind of turn into an asshole. So like the whole roid rage thing and the whole, you know, all oh, my boyfriend takes steroids and he's a prick on, on cycle. That doesn't really apply to Debo. Debo, if, if, if you take Debo, you should, I would say 90, 95% of people who take Debo improve their mood. And, um, and so give, yeah, give Debo a shot. If you haven't tried it yet. Very interesting compound, very cheap. That's one of the things about Debo. That's why it's one of the most popular of all time officer is that it's cheap. And maybe that's not a big deal in America. You know, the land of trust fund babies and the land of grandma gives me, you know, $10,000 for Christmas, but in other countries around the world, maybe on your side of the pond, where people don't have as much disposable income, it's Debo. You can run an entire cycle of Debo for less than $7,500. So that's that's a big deal. So that's another reason why it's definitely one of the more popular steroids. I'm going to, I'm going to agree in part with you there, Steve. One of the things that's uh, funny enough with all steroids is uh, there was a survey done some years ago, and I have no idea if this is still the case but it certainly was at the time there was a survey done of the kind of likely user in terms of most of them being educated beyond high school uh the disposable income you're, you're not going out there's not very little criminality associated and so on and so forth so you're quite correct with regards to disposable income for the buying of performance and some drugs 100 percent um the other thing i was going to say in regards to debo itself what i occasionally see guys and it's not i won't call this a red flag it's just a Sometimes we, with this podcast, remember we're trying to educate you, we're trying to give you the right information. And we talked about water retention. So some of you guys will be super lean. You're already dry. You, you, you like to see your abs. And then you're using this drug. Now, as Steve said, very true. Plenty of uh, users talk about the feel-good factor that Steve talks about. But if you're psychologically built that way, what you will sometimes see is that that little bit of water retention, and this is on Debo on its own, which is where Winslow will come in and help you with that. That little tiny bit of water retention of the steel sort of can blur the muscles. 
So you're used to having a pec uh, delt time visible. You're used to having a nice separation with your tricep, your bicep, and you're definitely used to seeing your abs. D-bowl might not be for you. In terms of performance enhancement, Steve's quite correct. I've got a bunch of stuff going back over the history of the Iron Game, and specifically around York Barbell back in the day under Bob Hoffman and Dr. Ziegler coming in and giving the guys the pills. And the drug taken was a bit of a thing at that particular time, Steve, in terms of recreationals with regards to weed and certain other pills. And they went a little bit crazy, I think, because they didn't have the experience to handle the idea of sensible dosages, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, they were very much performance-related. They, they wanted to lift more. They wanted to win medals and so on and so forth. But I think even Ziegler talked about the simple fact that he was giving them fives and tens and fifteens, and the guy started taking 30, 40, 50 milligrams a day. So it was, it was interesting. We obviously have a much better understanding now of what the best dosages are, how to use them, get an effective result, and cycle on and off. And, of course, they had no idea about any of those things back then. You know, they, they didn't think about eight weeks off, <coughs> 16 weeks off or anything like that. So, yeah, there was the whole kind of situation at a particular time. But like I said, guys, if you want, if you are in shape and you like seeing your muscles pop, maybe D-Bowl isn't. But with that wind stroll, you will retain some degree of that leanness. And like I said, there's a few guys, that's going to be the kind of thing that could mess with sure, your head. Um... How many times, Steve, have we seen guys that are bulking up suddenly – realize that they've got too big, starting to hold water, starting to get that moon face, and immediately want to cut rather than finish the cycle. And vice versa. They're getting dry, 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 but they lose their size. And it's a bit of a psychological battle back and forth. Yeah. would help with that a little bit, but the winter, I think, would balance that out in this particular case. We see this a lot because you see people follow people on Instagram. They follow these pros on Instagram. That's what pros do. Pros in the off season, they gain 20, 30 extra pounds. Then going into combination, they cut back down. And it's like a, you know, it's a cycle for them. So they think, hey, you know, those guys are doing it. I'm going to do it. Those yeah. guys, though, have, po- have top 0.1% genetics, though. So they could pull shit like that off. They could put their body through that hell and get away with it. They're going to shorten their life in the process, but they can get away with it. But you average, average Joe, you need to focus on year round, looking the way you want to look and not just, yes. yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go eat fast food and pizza and and soda and gain all this crappy weight. And then let let me cut back down because my favorite guy on Instagram posts pictures of all the crap food he eats and and gets away with it. So don't follow what other people are doing. You need to do what works for you and what works for 99.9% of humans out there. Okay. You wouldn't give your dog or cat junk food. Okay. For a couple months out of the year, and say, oh, yeah, it's the off-season for them. Let me fatten them up. And then, oh, I'm going to switch them to a healthier diet. No, you want them eating healthy year-round, okay? It's it's not It shouldn't matter. So in this case, don't do that with your diet. Don't eat any in your diet. We always want to give some diet tips, and that's, that's my diet tips. But your moms are follow up on that, but I also want to hear your recommendations for dosing this because you're you use a lot of D-Bowl in your life. And you've been along, yeah. around a long time. Have you noticed guys back when you first started use a lot more D-Bowl, a lot less D-Bowl than they are today? On, on the first point, I was going to say, Steve, one of the things, it's one of those mobster pieces of advice. And I had this told to me a very long time ago, probably way, way back at the beginning, so 40 something years ago. And it was uh, in terms, and it, funny enough, it came from a pro. Came from a very high end pro, but they were given out sensible information for once. And the gist of it was thus with a pro, you're talking about genetics. With an Instagram person, you're talking about the person who's essentially profession is to stay in shape. They stay in shape, they make a buck. They don't stay in shape, they lose money. 
So you have to have that in mind. You're an average Joe. You've got college. You've got work. You've got family. You've got all those other things going on. You're getting in shape for holidays and weddings, for for gigs and whatever. You're not necessarily in shape year round. You don't really get. You're not getting a six or seven figure income. So that's number one. Number two, this is the piece of advice from from donkeys years ago, Stephen. Essentially, it was thus: look for someone if you're going to mimic someone who compares to you. So if, for example, you're a skinny ass. Look for someone who started skinny. Look for someone who has the same frame as you. Look for someone who's got similar genetics to you. And look for that person who improved over time, and they now look how you want to look. My bone structure, I don't doubt for a second that my wrist is bigger than Steve Smith's. I don't doubt for a second that my aspirations in the gym, because we've discussed this multiple times, are different from Steve Smith's. So I would not do what Steve Smith does. I would listen to his knowledge. I would listen to his advice. But I wouldn't necessarily do what he does because what he wants from the gym, what he wants from training is not what I want from the gym, not what I want from training. So that's solid ass advice. Right. In regards to Dojo Just Steve, funny enough, no. You and I know from from the forums, from reading other stuff, from information that gets picked up over the years again. We've seen doses, and again, it's just a specific to D bowl, go as high as hundred milligrams a day. I, I would never do that. And the sensible advice back in the day, it's kind of come around full circle, Steve. On a daily basis, I would probably go maybe as high as 50 milligrams, same as I would for Anavar per day. But typically, I would run 30 to 40. And that's what they were doing 20, 30 years ago. Now, that especially works, and it's especially true when we're talking about combining it with Winstrol. So I wouldn't, for example, run 100 milligrams of D-Bowl a day, although some might. If I was running Winstrol at the same time, I would probably look to half that dose. And again, it's the it's the it's a total impact on your body and the perfect ratio and results for you specifically. So, for example, again, this is something I mentioned at the beginning, Steve. Uh, if you and I was running the same cycle, I might favour the D-ball over the Winstrol, whereas I could see you wanting to stay lean, wanting to keep your abs visible, favouring a slightly higher ratio of Winstrol over the D-Bolt. So it's, it's, but this is just, we're talking about 10, 15, 20 milligrams a day tweaking here, guys. We're not talking about crazy uh, amounts and whatever else. And again, as always, I, my diet will be different from Steve's. My supplement intake will be different from Steve's. So we could both do something with this, I guarantee it. But again, like I said, historically speaking, Steve, I think we've actually come full circle. With Winstrol, I would probably be looking for the D-Bolt around 30 milligrams. Uh, what would you do and what would you do specifically with the wind stroke to balance that off? I would do something like I, I would do. It depends on, um, you know, how you react to D bowl. I would say, I would say like somewhere between 20 and 30, maybe closer to 20. I, I would lower the D bowl a little bit because you're stacking in the wind stroll with it. So I would do maybe 20 milligram D bowl, 25 milligram at wind stroll and see how you do do that for five weeks. And you should get really good results on that. If your gear is legitimately dosed, make sure you come on our forums and get legitimate gear. I don't see why it wouldn't be an issue. So with Winstrol being a DHT derivative, dihydrotestosterone, it will not aromatize into estrogen. Dianable does. So if you don't mind a little bit of water retention, you can raise the D-bowl a little more up to 30 and then stick to 25 of the Winstrol. Now, here's why I wouldn't run a full dose of D-bowl, full dose of Winstrol together. It's a very, very important topic is liver. They're both 17 alpha alkylated. They both strain the liver significantly. 
Okay, so you want to make sure that you're running liver support alongside, but not at the same exact time you, you take them. You want to make sure you separate taking them and taking the liver support by at least an hour and a half. This way, the liver support doesn't interfere with any, any of the absorption of the actual oral steroids. So very important to run liver support on, very important not to drink alcohol, very important not to eat a lot of bad foods which yeah. also strain the, all your organs and strain your body. So you want to make sure you take care of your liver. Normal on cycle to strain your liver. Normal. This is why we make sure we cycle off. We give the chance a liver to cleanse itself out. You never want to run a cycle when you have existing liver issues or if you are an alcoholic. And yes. um, yeah, I mean, very few people raise their hands are going to say, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. Let me put it this way. If you drink alcohol at least twice a week, you're an alcoholic. That's that's my definition. And that's the, that's the definition I'm, of many people I'm out screwed. there. So I'm screwed. I think something Steve and I have, have talked about in previous podcasts, and I would agree. I don't know necessarily I would agree with Steve's definition, you know, a, a shot once or twice a week. But what I will say, and, and we see this, and guys, it tends to be you younger guys, and that's wanting to have a social life. But at the same time, wanting to be in shape, wanting, wanting, wanting to get lean, wanting to get big, whatever. And again, as Steve quite properly says, you're talking about any kind of drug comes with side effects. As, whether it's aspirin, whether it's penic penicillin, whether it's paracetamol, ibuprofen, they've all got side effects, guys. Uh, the issue here is we have a social life. And what, what do I mean by that? Party weekends. You don't go to your pal's house with the pool party going on and with the girls running around and have one beer you just don't right that would you might as well stay at home if you're going to sit there drinking water you might as well stay at home. you're going to just sit there drinking some sort of soda you might as well stay at home because it's that's kind of situation that's how it is when you're younger so the reality of the situation is steve I, I, I would agree with you it's not ideal to drink at all on cycle but some guys are going to have a shot some guys are going to have a beer but what really happens and what nine times out of ten, this is the reason why this question comes up. They'll say something like, I'm doing this cycle, and they tell you about the cycle exactly like we're discussing today. And then they'll be talking about having a few beers at the weekend. And it's always that phrase, a few beers. And what do they really mean? Four beers, five beers, six beers, they kegging. You know, it's that's kind of you and when you're 18, 19, 20, if you're on cycle, and we recommend it of as always, the age of 25 is much better. It's never one or two beers. It's always more. So it's kind of what we think of as the double whammy. Um, why do, and this is another thing, Steve, even without the stress on the system, why are you negating the work that you're putting in? Why are you going to a party, eating crap food, drinking crap beer, and then telling us you want to get in shape? That doesn't make any sense. You're not going to be the guy there with a bottle of water and a little bowl of pasta with some tuna in it mixed in and party, party, party. You're not, right? So don't tell me that you want to get in shape and spend five, six days a week working your ass off in the gym, cardio like a mad person, on point with your diet, on point with your performance-enhancing drugs, including this particular cycle, and then going crazy at the weekend. That doesn't make any sense to me. It's kind of like shooting yourself in the foot. It's holding you back from the progress you could have made. There's all, like I say with the cycle, Steve, there's always going to be another cycle and there's always going to be another chance for a party. And there's going to be another chance to socialize and have a beer when you're not on cycle. So if for no other reason and done to get the best uh, of the money that you spent 
dollars. These these two are quite reasonably cheap. So five hundred dollars for six, seven, eight weeks. Why 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 waste that money? Why as we would say here in the UK, why spunk it up the wall? No, stay on point. Get the best. You'll get the best results. If you want to get lean, you'll get leaner. If you want to get bigger, you will get bigger because you stayed on point, because you did everything you could do to get the best out of the money that you spent, out of the work that you put in. Partying at the weekend, bearing it up during the week, having beer and crisp and watching the TV in the nighttime and forgetting how much you drank and how much you had to eat. That's not the way to do these cycles. It's not the way to get the best out of what you, your original aim was. Um, I'm I'm quite strict in that particular regard. I know, Steve, is we we once we're on cycle, once we're fasting, once we're on a diet, once we're in competition mode, that's kind of it. It's not quite living like a monk, but it's kind of close to it. And then that way, we get the results that we want. And that's what you guys are listening to this podcast for, because you want those results. You want to be the best you possibly can. Let's talk about the training that we would do on this cycle, Steve. And I'm going to say now, we want that combination of some muscle size, staying relatively late. So let's look at the training that we do on this cycle. So I think on both of these, D-Bowl, incredible pumps. Winstroll, incredible pumps. So I think if you really want to milk those pumps, um, I don't think you're going to stack these two steroids if you're anti-pumps. Some guys don't like the pumps the way they train, right? And I don't think you're going to run this in the first place. So how do we get the, the pump? We get the pump by really using proper form and really engaging and squeezing the muscle. And that's how we're going to get the best pump. So when I would do this training, it would be an optimal way of training. It would be ignore your, your friends, ignore the chick next to you or guy next to you that you're trying to impress. Oh, I'm going to load up a bunch of weight on the squat rack because I want to impress this person. Nobody cares, all right? Trust me, nobody freaking cares how much you're doing. Focus on lower weights and doing them properly and really squeezing. It's That's how you're going to get the most optimal workout here, and that's how you're going to get the pump. And you'll feel incredible getting the pumps. The D-Bowl pumps, there's nothing like them. There really isn't. And the no. same thing with Winstrol. <clears throat> also, forget too much cardio on the stack because you're not going to be able to accomplish much cardio with all these pumps. So when it comes to cardio, you want to do it before your cycle starts. Don't wait until yes. the cycle starts and try to catch up on your cardio. It's not going to work. Um, D-ball pumps are legendary when it comes to your lower legs. Uh, my calves felt like they were going to explode using D-ball. So it's just out of the question to do cardio on this type of stack. And the windstroll pumps won't even get me started when it comes to cardio. So um, you want to make sure you get yourself in top shape before you get on. And then when you're on cycle, do as much cardio as you can that you can uh, be able to withstand the pump. So one thing for the pumps, also another product in two guard, um, it does contain not only liver support, but it also has taurine. And that taurine will take the edge off your pumps. It's not going to get rid of your yes. pumps completely. It'll just take the edge off your pumps so it won't interfere as much with your cardio and, and your training. So Mobster, finish out the show with your final tips on training and take us in the disclaimer. Right. Something else I was just thinking of, Stephen, is back to that pump thing. Now, as Steve says, they are legendary. And here's, here's a tip if you do like the pumps. And as there is an argument, I've actually suggested that for the most part, the pump is not required to build muscle or build strength. But it does have a, a, a one trick in its armor that I will agree on. And that is what we call fascia stretching. So essentially, guys, 
Uh, and I'm thinking specifically in Milo Sarsev with the glycogen and manipulation and so on and so forth. Imagine doing that with D-Pole, Steve, with some sign of car carbs and water pre-workout to essentially feed the muscles. And then you do the D-Bowl pump and your muscles swell and swell and swell. So the fascia stretching, guys, is where literally you, the sac, the membrane around the muscle is what holds the fibers together. And sometimes that gets tight with scars or sometimes it just gets full. And it's like you're never going to grow beyond that point. So here's a thing you can do. You do exactly what I just, you carb load, you make sure you get plenty of water during the workout. The deep hole pumps go crazy. They're thickening up the blood. They're pulling more oxygen in. And again, this is in combination with Winstrow as per this cycle. And you blow the fuck up. And that, as Steve said, can feel absolutely amazing. Sometimes it's too much, precisely for what Steve was, was just talking about. But the one time that I would do it, would I would then stretch that muscle both before and warming up, but afterwards to try and stretch the membrane, to try and stretch the fascia, and to try and allow for growth. So it has its occasional advantages, Steve. This is one of those cycles, guys. We're going to talk about a bunch of cycles both in the podcast we've already done and in the podcast to come. And as I said earlier on, pick out the one that best suits your aims. If it's about mass, this cycle. If it's about strength, that one. If it's about that small combination, if it's about recomping, we got you covered. This cycle was one of those ones I've seen come up again and again and again. That means there's plenty of you out there that like this kind of information, and that's what this podcast is all about. Please note, we are not doctors, and opinions on these shows are hours and hours alone. It's our view and is based on our experience and our views on the topic. A podcast of informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.